All right, man. Welcome to the 290 More Podcast. I appreciate your time. If you could, introduce yourself to my viewers and listeners. Yup. Hey, man, that's such a pleasure to be back uh, with 290 Mo. Uh, man, always some crazy energy on the show. Uh, it's Corey Dooley. Last time I was on the show, y'all know I was running for Alderman in the 29th Ward, former candidate. Uh, but since then, you know, uh, currently working to, you know, create a youth council, calling it Prime 29. And uh, what Prime 29 is, is preparing real individuals to master entrepreneurship. So we got a lot of new stuff to cover. And, uh, hey, pleasure being on the show. Okay, for sure, for sure, man. Appreciate you coming through, man. It's always a pleasure. So uh, real quick, real quick, man. Um, how 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 would you, you grade your, your, your recent uh, running for Alderman, man? Looking back on it now, you know what I'm saying, the weeks have passed. What, what was your overall views on it? You know what I'm saying, looking back. Yeah, looking back on it, and actually I've been having this conversation kind of recently because, uh, you know, after running, uh, I end up just going right back in the community, you know, doing the same old thing. So I kind of run into the same people and they ask me and, uh, you know, I tell them, hey, you know, I didn't, you know, I looked at the screen. I remember uh, uh, campaign day, uh, you know, election day and, uh, you know, riding around all the different precincts, you know, handing out my cards. Hey, vote for me. Punch 53, Corey D, all of that. You know, getting all this momentum, bro. I had just, you know, quit my job, you know, uh, uh, and, you know, really was going heavy on the campaign tip. And uh, after months, I get to like, you know, my watch party and I see that uh, the results popping up on the screen. I'm waiting for my award to come up. I'm like, okay, where award 29 at? I'm going to see my name on the screen. Okay, mm -hmm. woo, I'm all excited. Bro, I see 9%. I like the vote. Like, after all the votes was tallied, I only had 9%. And I was like, Damn, like I just quit my job. Like I just did all of this stuff and like, you know, had these people believe in me and all this to only get 9%. And then they, uh, you know, when the votes came in, I think I got like, so I got like 10% of the vote. I had like a thousand votes. And uh, man, when I looked at the numbers. A thousand total votes? Yeah, yeah, around like a thousand total, bro. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I looked at the numbers, somebody pointed out to me, they was like, hey, like, you know, you did pretty good. Like, you know, the, the alderman, the incumbent, he won with 4,000. And he was like, you got 1,000. You're not from Chicago. Mm -hmm. You you had blonde hair. You know, you look like Lil Dirk running for mm -hmm. office. And, like, people actually punched your name in on the ballot. Mm -hmm. He was like, that's that's important. You don't want to undervalue that. Mm -hmm. So that kind of switched my mindset a little bit. I was upset at first. But then after hearing that, you know, it kind of switched my mindset a little bit. Okay. Um, If you don't mind, what what are your, your, your thoughts on – on who ended up winning and, and what he brings to the table. Yeah, with Chicago politics, man, it's really, um, you know, it's, it's, it's Chicago politics. I can't even really compare it to nothing. Uh, but I was put in a situation to where I, you know, had to make the decision whether to endorse one candidate or not. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, I end up endorsing a candidate that I believe would, you know, be the best for the community, not just best for my decision. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and so with that, you know, whatever candidate was going to win, um, I asked them both uh, if they would be committed to creating a youth council in the 29th Ward. And so, you know, I was, you know, I can definitely say that both of the candidates did. Um, you know, agreed to creating the youth council. So I feel like it was a win-win, um, you know, really. You know, mm -hmm. I think Alderman Taliaferro is doing a great job. He's working with me to form uh, the youth council right now. So, you know, uh, hey, we moving forward. Okay, okay. Um, still still kind of talking about the uh, running for Alderman. 
I heard you mention, you know what I'm saying? I came in with blonde hair looking like a little dirt, you know what yeah. I'm saying? I'm not you still got the blonde hair? No, I don't. So is is was that something that you, you know what I'm saying? You know, well, I'm going to let you answer the question. Is that something that you, you know what I'm saying, was like if I'm going to be on a certain place, did you take that into account? Like, I'm going to dye my hair back black, or was it just you wanted it back black, or it don't, you feel like it shouldn't matter to you? What's your, what's your opinion to that? And did that uh, happen to make you change your hair back black? Mm. And uh, that's good, bro, because that's nice getting a, like a personal, you know what I mean? And before I had, you know, decided that I was going to run and announce my candidacy, I was working in the schools before that. Actually, right over there in Garfield Park at uh, Faraday, Michael Faraday Elementary. And, uh, bro, I just knew, you know, the little shorty's coming up now, bro. And so I intentionally dyed my hair blonde so that they could see they could see dirt and then see me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that, you know, just like you see a basketball player, you, I'm, I want to make sure you see a football player, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I want you to see somebody that, that, that you can connect with and maybe they in a different lane, but then do the same, see the same person in a whole nother lane. That you that you might not have seen them in that lane before. I don't know if you've seen a politician that's young, black, gun survivor, got blonde hair. You know, no, I don't no. know if you really seen that. So for them, it was about giving a visual to something that they hadn't seen before. It was a it was about them seeing, hopefully looking at me and say, damn, you know, I could do something different. I could be in a different lane, you know. Mm. I can uh you know, I can do this and still be myself. I don't got to do, you know, what these people say. I don't got to conform to this way. I can still do what I want to do mm-hmm. and do it comfortably. And so that was a little bit of reason, you know, why I had my hair blonde. And, and it did a lot for them. I was able to connect with them. And I think without the hair, I, I still would have been able to connect. Mm-hmm. But it was just the fact that they was able to see me in that lane still being myself. Mm-hmm. And I know subconsciously that gave them a message, you know, to like, okay, damn, you know, I can do something different in mm-hmm. a school, you know. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? It, what did you care about the message it gave subconsciously, like to um, maybe older voters or older older people of the community, or do you feel like it's more, you know, what I'm saying it's just a different time, you know, what I'm saying what is was more acceptable? I think both, bro, because I got it from that end, right? The, you know, your elders is like, uh, you know, why you got that blonde in your hair? Uh, you know, why are you wearing your hair so long? Uh, you know, politicians, you need to cut that off, right? People telling me that type of stuff. And for me, you know, I really ran my campaign as a message really to the youth. And uh, like people would even ask me, I spent quite a bit of time at like the schools, Michelle Clark High School, um, you know, working with the civic students over there mm-hmm. and uh, just volunteering at different Chicago public schools. And people would ask me, like, why are you in the schools? Them kids can't vote for you. Like, you need to be out in the community. You need to be at the churches. And I was there, too. But I needed the kids to see me and what I was doing. It was more important that they see that they saw me than me getting a vote, per se. Mm-hmm. And um and I felt like with me running as myself, doing something, I guess people would say extreme, right? Having blonde hair, mm-hmm. it just kind of showed my commitment to being who I was and not changing because somebody else wanted me to fit their image. I don't, I don't even necessarily, I never thought of it like that. You know what I'm saying? I love when I see like young brothers doing things, you know what I'm saying? When you was running from Alderman, when we met, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the other brother, Jamal Green, yep. uh, Johnny Daniels with his mm-hmm. curriculum and some stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? I feel like the best way to connect, you know what I'm saying? What people be looking for, especially now with the 
the history of Chicago politicians, people be looking for people that they can connect with. You know what I'm saying? People that they feel like he he really part of the community. You know what I'm saying? So um, I, I think it, I think it was a whole uh, good thing. You know what I'm saying? That's why I, I feel like you know what I'm saying. It's just a matter of time before if that's what you really want. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You gonna get though. Um, real quick, <clears throat> not real quick, but because we're gonna talk for a little second, man. Yeah. What is, what is the 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 overall landscape in, in your mindset for like Chicago politicians? Is it is it getting better? Is it um is it corrupt? You know what I'm saying? Is it play to pay? Mm. What's the overall landscape in your eyes of Chicago politicians and political things? Yeah, and that's a and that's a good question. I should have known I was gonna get these good <laughs> questions, bro. Because every time I come on your show, you know, sure. you, you come in with it, bro. Uh, for me, it's just like, you know, things, the world ain't just the way it is just because, you know, everything has been designed. Mm-hmm. And that's what I would tell the students at the school. Like, it's a reason when you go outside, you know, this lot is vacant and you don't got a grocery store, you got a corner store and them guys is hanging on the corner over here and your granny is addicted. Like that, that didn't just happen because your people was like, like that's designed like that. And you can mm-hmm. go to a whole nother part of Chicago and it's completely different, mm-hmm. you know, beautiful storefronts, um, you know, people walking and shopping and, you know, things like that. I'm like, that's by design. And so just like our communities have designed, our, have been designed, our politics have been designed and typically historically it's been very racial, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's no secret, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, they taught us that in school. Mm-hmm. So I think we coming out of that with our generation. I feel like we a little bit more, I, I, you know, I hate to use radical, but we just, mm-hmm. we, we doing our own thing, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't think we really uh, are holding on to traditions or um, that, that good old boy system is really being broken mm-hmm. up, you know, now. And so I think as you see the Johnny Daniels, you see the Jamal Greens, you see, you know, the different people pushing, you gonna see some new faces, you know, mm-hmm. and, that, and that's the, just the time we moving towards, you know. Yeah, and and, that, and that's definitely that's definitely makes sense, you know what I'm saying? With the uh, and um, just a lack of a fan of a better word, uh, radical, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? With the, I feel like that's why uh, the Trump supporters love him so much because you know what I'm saying it's not the status quo, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, do you feel like um, like voting in general or just being a part of the government is is losing? You know what I'm saying? It's grasping the black community. Because if I'm not mistaken, around election time, I was kept seeing things about statistics about how nobody wasn't coming out to vote. You know what I'm saying? So mm. do you think black people is just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, man, we've been voting for president since since JF John F. Kennedy and we still yeah. in the slums. You know what I'm saying? So you think different. do you think black people are giving up on politics? Mm. That's a good question, bro. And it's a good conversation to have. You know, we need to have these conversations more. And just me personally, from my perspective, you know, uh, you know, our ancestors, they fought for us to vote. You know, MLK, you know, they saw that as a right to vote, you know, that 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 was important. I tell people typically when you look in, in the community, you're looking to get involved and make change. There's three ways you can do that. You can do that from a social way. You can do that from a political way. And you can do that from an economical way. Social, you know, that's like food drives. Right. Uh, mental health centers, stuff like that. YMCA. Um, your political is more like, okay, we need to have a get out the vote drive. <clears throat> we need to have this policy, right? We need to elect this politician. And then your economical is like, okay, we need to buy some land. Okay, we need to start some businesses. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for the longest time or somewhere along the way in the black community, we stopped focusing on the economics. You know, we was only focusing on the social and the political. 
and we was leaving the economic conversation out. That's a whole nother conversation. But as far as voting, um, I know in this past election cycle, as far as like the youth vote, you know, there wasn't a lot of people that turned out for the um, for the initial like February, um, February 28th, which mm -hmm. was, you know, you had nine different candidates and then you had to narrow it down to two. So when the um, in the first round of voting, not a lot of people came out. And the second round of voting, how Mayor Johnson won was because I think it was somewhere near like 30,000 youth came out and they voted that they, they hadn't voted before. And that actually ended up getting him in the seat rather than Paul Vallis. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, while there, there might be a narrative that we don't vote as much, and that might be true that we don't vote and we're not as involved, there are still those people that do vote that are still making a difference. So I don't know, it's tricky because I, I think it's like two sides to the scale. Yeah, for sure. It's always, always two sides, man. And uh, you mentioned our new mayor, you know what I'm saying? We um, Chicago is pretty known for, for famous, you know what I'm saying, mayors, governors, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying, for good reasons, um, or for mainly corruption reasons, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Or they just don't do anything. A lot of people gripe with um, Lori Lightfoot. Um, they say she didn't do enough, you know what I'm saying? They said she did beautiful things downtown, you know what I'm saying? But... Um, it's just uh, they gave us a lot of gardens in the hood, you know what I'm mm. saying? These vacant lots that give us gardens, mm. you know what I'm saying? That's dope. That's cool, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But that, that's that's free, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So uh, I think the we haven't had a mayor in my lifetime that I've seen personally mm. invest in 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 the inner in the city, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Chicago downtown is beautiful, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. What is what are your thoughts on um, the job Lori Lightfoot did and 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 I don't want to put too much on this question but we'll talk about brandon johnson after that so mm. real quick what was your what do you think about the job lord lightfoot did yeah just a quick like you know overview um uh, and like i said I, I just speak to my experiences that might might somebody's might be different mm. but uh for the work that i'm doing in soul city in the soul city corridor right there on chicago avenue for those that aren't familiar uh just like you got you know chicago is known for its cultural enclaves uh, you know, Chicago got Greek town, they got Chinatown, little Italy, Ukrainian village, you know, India town, and you know, all these places. Um, and now what we have is Soul City. And Soul City is that economic driver for African Americans, uh, right in the Austin community. It's about a mile stretch on Chicago Avenue between Austin um, and Cicero. And uh, currently they're doing some uh, some streetscape renovations too. So they got about $30 million in streetscape coming. I had just had to give you all the background. But, um, you know, that development has been going on, you know, uh, Malcolm Crawford with the Austin African-American Business Networking Association. He saw this vision like 20 years ago. And he always say it took him 20 years to be an overnight success. Uh, and so, man, uh, just working with the organization, um, I worked with, I had the, you know, chance to work with Mayor Rahm Emanuel. Um, he was working on a project called the Retail Thrive Zone. Um, and then Mayor Lori Lightfoot um, and her administration took office and they, um, you know, they took the program to another level and, uh, you know, called it the Invest Southwest Initiative. And so I was really uh, excited to see that there were dollars being allocated specifically towards commercial corridors on the south and west sides. Now, basically, it was this big pot of money that went in like Austin, uh, uh, you know, Auburn Gresham, Chatham, you know, they went to all the, these 10 different south and west uh, business districts across the city and they they gave dollars straight for these communities. And so I like that because in Seoul City, you know, that's how we got some of the development done. Neighborhood Opportunity Fund. So it was really good 
um, for a development on the south and west sides. And I think even Mayor Johnson um, has, you know, expressed his support and continuing that type of program, mm -hmm. strictly investing in the south and west side. So, you know. How did how um I don't know if you know but how how did the like the 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 distribution of funds work and what exactly did y'all uh, raise up with the funds? Yeah, so with these, so they targeted, you know, they looked at these communities on the south and west sides and they said, okay, where is where is business mostly in these communities, right? We want to give as much money to the the best businesses in this area, get the economics going, right? That way the dollars circulate in your community. And why this is important is because if we just look at Austin, right? Austin has 100,000 people, roughly. Oak Park, you know, our, our neighbors in the West Suburbs, they got 50,000 people. Now, Oak Park has seven full-fledged grocery stores, right? You know, Pete's, Jewel. I shop over there, so I know. I can yeah. tell you. Austin has none. Like, we got grocery stores, don't get me wrong, but they're not full-fledged, you know, full-service, fresh produce you know, I like a like a grocery store. We like, don't got like none. A, Ain't yeah, none. and even if it is, we got one. Yeah, it's like a food for less on Cicero. Yeah, and so you know, it's like, how does that happen? You know, um, they said in Austin, Austin loses like somewhere near a hundred and sixty million dollars a year that the city of Chicago loses to Oak Park because people they don't have those amenities in Austin, so they go across the street to Oak Park. Right. And so that's like one hundred and sixty million dollars that could be in Austin. Right. Mm. People say, oh, them people don't got no money. Them people is poor. We do have money. We just mm. not spending it in our community. We go into other communities and spending it. Right. And so that's why economic development is important. So you can get more grocery stores so you can get more uh, places to get pharmaceuticals. Right. Mm -hmm. You can you can you, you can bowl in your own community and don't got to go next door. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, that's why it's important to, you know, build up the businesses and, and you know, uh, learn economics, really. For sure. For sure. Um, with that program, has it ever came up? Um, the issue of public safety because speaking of Oak Park because I'm right here on the border as well mm -hmm. like I, I get gas you know what I'm saying even though it's a couple blocks different I feel safer you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying get gas you know what I'm saying opposed mm -hmm. to you know what I'm saying Laramie so is yeah. it is it public safety taking into account when, when you guys are, are, are putting it together or is that something that's a different conversation honestly public safety it really don't happen without public safety right um, and when you and when you look at why you get gas where you get gas, right? You look at oh, how is the curb appeal? Is it trash there? Mm -hmm. You know, um, are people hanging out? You know, what does the lighting look like? Is it dim lighting? You know, is it full lighting? Also, is it just a standalone gas station, or are there three other businesses that are next to it that are open in the area? Looks kind of vibrant, right? It mm -hmm. don't look you know as dim, um, and so public safety plays a huge role. And um, you know, often the work that we do, we we you know, partner with uh, Chicago Police Department, Cook County Sheriffs, because you got to, right? Mm. Um, they got, you got to, people want to be safe. The more eyes on the street, the safer it is, right? And so, uh, yeah, public safety, it really don't happen without that. For sure, for sure. Okay, okay. Uh, let's talk about Brandon Johnson, man. Um, soon as you got done with your, with your campaign run, mm -hmm. um, I seen you. Um, closely aligned with, with Brandon Johnson. Um, if you could, how, how did that relationship come about? Um, and what are your um, your personal views on what, what plan blueprint he has laid out for the city? 
Yeah, man. I can say Brandon, uh, you know, Mayor Johnson, you know, got a Yeah, excuse me. My fault, my fault, my fault, Mayor. Oh, you know what I'm <laughs> And so, man, Mayor Johnson, he's a community guy. Yeah. Uh, my first time I met, meeting him, he was riding a bike, you know, as a Cook County commissioner. Um, he's he's not too far from where I live, right there on um, on North Avenue mm-hmm. um, and a little bit off Narragansett. And so I was seeing him riding his bike throughout the community, always at community events. We do the uh, Austin Power 5K every year, which is coming up this September. March Chicago Dallas. Avenue, right? Yep, right yeah, there on Chicago I always, Avenue. When I, when I leave for work, I'll be, be kind of mad because the police yeah. got things shut out. But that's, that's what yeah, I'm talking about yeah. with the streetscape. Uh-huh. We're going to have to talk, bro, because, yeah, they – it's gonna be like that for a little second, uh, but yeah, bro. I he would always be out at the five k Austin Power five k, uh, which is coming up this year. Like I said, market calendar September sixteenth. We're doing the Austin Power five k again. Um, you know, he was always there, and uh, when he decided he was running for mayor, you know that I believe that's why he won because he was just a community guy. Um, you know, as far as his platform for the city, he's been real big on youth. Um, and arts, he was big on that running, and he's committed to that still as the mayor. Mm-hmm. On his first day, he signed, you know, an executive order um, that helped youth, that benefited youth. At the end of the day, he's putting out programs right now um, to give allocate more resources to youth employment, so that way we're not out here on the streets with no programs. And so, you know, I'm really excited um, for the job that he's doing. And like I said, you know, for the guys like Johnny Daniels, and I keep bringing him up because he's one of the guys in that space that's, you know, really making moves. And so to see other young people being able to flourish because of the policies and then the image and the energy that he brings to the office, it really excites me. Mm-hmm. That's dope, man, because I, I, I was watching from the outside in, man, you know what I'm saying, because I'm one of the guys that politics, you know what I'm saying, I'd be like, and by the but, you yeah. know what I'm saying, when you see certain people, you know what I'm like, you know what I'm saying, I, I I like him, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It looked like he had like an uphill battle against the Vallis. And then I didn't like how all of a sudden like his personal finances, you know what I'm saying, like mm-hmm. with the bills and stuff got released. But yeah, me being who I am and being where I'm from, I'm, I'm behind on a couple bills my damn self. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you ain't yeah, do nothing but make him more relatable. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So yeah. uh do you feel like black people still, you know what I'm saying, even in 2023, you know what I'm saying, we've been a president, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, mayor of Chicago, do you still feel like um, they do the media, you know what I'm saying, don't do as much as 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 promoting the good, but they always want to dig out, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm. you know, I mean, bro, you know, or is that a part of the game, the politics, you know what I'm saying? I, heard, I probably came from his incumbent, for you know, right? all I know. I mean, yeah, you really never know. And I heard one time, you know, it was put to me like, he who controls the media controls the mind. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, it ain't it ain't no secret that most of the news that we see, you know, that's owned. That's not owned by the people. You know, it's owned by a couple of individuals. And in any situation where anything is owned by a couple of individuals, you have that you have the authority and the ability to control the narrative for whatever that might be. So I think, you know, the more we get young entrepreneurs like yourself on the ground talking to people, uh, you know, everyday people like myself and getting our narrative out from your perspective you're going to put it out a certain way right you're going to promote you know certain things so i think the more we get young and i and i say for us our people young black people and black people reporting on our news you know mm-hmm. doing our own stuff we can control the narrative a little bit more yeah for sure for sure that's definitely one of the reasons why i started this because even though the the drug gangs it's reality you know what i'm saying yeah it's good people doing good things you know yep. what i'm saying so um Speaking of good people, you know what I'm saying, doing good things, you know, some of them do, some of them don't. Uh, let's yeah. let's talk about um, 
the Chicago Police Department. Mm. Um, what do you feel? What do you feel needs to be done to make a, a better relationship between the, the community and, and the police department? Mm. Man, honestly, and like I said, I really just speak to my experiences. And uh, uh, I mentioned the Austin Power 5K earlier. Mm. That's something that our organization, AAA BNA, does in partnership with the 15th District. And so with us partnering for that event, you know, it literally forces us to communicate. It forces us to come together, be in the same setting, get to know each other on a first name basis um, and formulate a relationship. And I always say, you know, if you know somebody, you less likely to, you know, commit harm to them or do something to them, right? You say, oh, that's so-and-so brother. Oh, that's so-and-so sister. If I don't know you, you know, I mean, and that's anything in life, you know, I'm more likely to, you know, not to say disrespect you, but I have a higher level of respect for you if I at least know your name, I shook your hand, I know where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. And so things like the Austin Power 5K, where you plan community events um, that bring the people out, um, that's a that's a great way. I ain't saying that's going to solve everything, but it's more of a... Um, it's being proactive rather than reactive. You know, most of the time you reacting to something after something that's already happened. Why, you know, things like the Austin Power 5K, you know, that's proactive. That's being active in the community, running throughout the neighborhoods, you know, so you feel safe. You see the officers right there, they're running too. So I think more stuff, you know, the more you can see them in the community, partnering with the people, I think that's, you know, one of the solutions. Okay, okay. Let me ask you about, um, I don't know if you're familiar, and I'm not sure if it's a, a direct Brandon Johnson program, but I've been seeing um, how they are planning to put like um, like de-escalator, like community de-escalators in, mm. in um, tough parts of the city. Have you know anything about that? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, it's like... Um, I want to say I'm, I, Describe I even, it, yeah Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get some more information on it So we're going to go deep into it Talking about what without the facts But uh, basically um, getting like um, I forget the exact words Like um, de-escalators mm-hmm. Put them in the community And um, when there's like tension Or anything going on at the community So what, what, what would it be like a group? Like a group of non uh not police officers non-armed you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying just like yeah i go talk to these guys and see if y'all can dis- de-escalate it <laughs> i mean in chicago you know if you don't got the right guys talking to the right guys yeah that's what i said and i'm, I'm, I'm gonna get some yeah. more information on it so we had a fax but uh um are you familiar with the immigration going on in the city yep, with the different city colleges and stuff like that yep um what 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 is before you go, my quick thing is, and I just want to know, because I understand the whole country is immigrants, you know what I'm saying? They built this country. But I just, it rubs me the wrong way when I see my people, even though, you know what I'm saying, they are my people too as well, but mm-hmm. I'm talking about the people that's been here, you know what I'm saying? It's always, there's not enough resources. We got to get this, we got to get that, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And you know what I'm saying? I want them to have a place comfortable to live, but I just don't like all of a sudden how they can be like, oh, we got 21 million to, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, to smack that, but y'all could have put, imagine what 21 million to do just for Austin or Garfield Park, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So with that being said, what's, what's your overall our views on, on what's going on? Man, that's a, uh, hey, we, we here for the right conversations, ain't we? I mean, and like, you know, I always speak just, just to me personally. Um, 
and I didn't understand. Also, I had to do research that Chicago is a sanctuary city. Yeah, I didn't true. know what that meant. Mm -hmm. And so um, I did some research on that, and that kind of helped me get a little bit of better understanding, uh, you know, the whole situation. And when I first saw, actually, when Mayor Johnson first took office and they were talking about, oh, he's about to get $50 million to, you know, the city council's about to pass it for the immigrants, um, you know, asylum seekers, you know, whatever they're calling them. Um, and uh, they didn't even know, nobody knew that Lori had allocated money already. You know, I think it was somewhere close to like $150 million. And so this was this wasn't something that was new that was necessarily Brandon Johnson's right. Mayor Johnson's right media. Yeah, for sure, it was, it's been a like, yeah. I'm, media I'm, and I wanted to put it on Brandon because they been it was busting them. Well, busting I didn't know busting. until I yeah. saw they yeah, were sure. you know yeah. it was like oh Mayor Johnson himself no. is like allocating fifty million. And then I was like oh there's already been almost two hundred because it was a one of the mayor or governor in Florida had like told Larry like. Like point blank one time, like I'm finna put them mm -hmm. on a bus and send them to y'all. You know, what yeah. I'm saying? So it was, it was been something she was dealing with too. Yeah. So you know, just seeing that those resources have been allocated now, from a from a perspective, it was like, okay, I understand Chicago has a responsibility because for whatever reason we decided, and I wasn't here when we decided that, but that they was gonna be a sanctuary city that they were gonna intake immigrants. But if we all of a sudden have 200 million for you know that. And, and I think one of the issues with it, which is what the Ottoman were speaking to, is that this money was allocated particularly for um, asylum seekers that were coming from outside the country inside. Not to all homelessness, right? Mm -hmm. There's people that are homeless here in Chicago that have been sleeping in Tent City, you know, mm -hmm. their whole life. Mm -hmm. And so why could they not get access to the same resources? Mm -hmm. You know, they both seek an asylum, mm -hmm. you know. And one has been here longer and has been fighting this fight for a long time. And I think that's why you need more people um, in the political space, you know, in all these different spaces to have their voice heard and to be able to fight for, you know, what they believe in. So, yeah, it's tricky, bro. But, you know, just like how we coming, you know, with them, we're going to have to, you know, come with it for the black community as well. So, yeah, for sure, for sure. And even the uh, the money thing rubbed me the wrong way. Then it was a situation. It was a school out south that was closed down, and they had opened it back up for like a sound student. Like I'm cool with finding them somewhere to go, but why didn't we do that for the people in Tent City when you know what I'm saying they ain't had nowhere to go when the, one of the uh, the ladies was taking her own credit card and swiping for rooms so they had somewhere to go when it was freezing. But we got abandoned schools yeah. all over the city. You know what I'm saying? But I don't, I don't, like I said, I, the uh, Hispanic brothers and sisters, like, in my eyes, they are, we are the same people, mm -hmm. but like you said, we got to take care of the people that's at home, you know what I'm saying? So, it's definitely a tricky situation. We do. And what man. about the Haitians? You know, like, you know, uh, certain people are able to come across the border, but when they black, mm -hmm. they skin look like mine. And, and honestly, I done seen some of uh, the asylum seekers that look just as dark as me. Yeah. You know, not enough of them, but... You know what? Why are we not importing Jamaicans? You know, uh, uh, Haitians. You know, uh, our our South American brothers that look like us to come and populate our neighborhoods. Right? We just had a huge population loss with COVID. You know, so you know, certain communities are able to bust their European and their Latino brothers in. Why can we not? You know, bust in and put quotas for as much as this group that we bring in. We gonna bring. We got to bring this group in because Chicago is you know, culturally, so culturally diverse, you know, with these seven, seven communities and we can't dilute, you know, if you dilute that, you're basically diluting the economy of Chicago. Mm -hmm. Chinatown, 
with a whole bunch of black people, it's not. I mean, it's not. It's not going to be the same Chinatown. You know, you might have fried chicken. It's going to be town. <laughs> with, 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 we might still be eating, you know, uh, chopsticks, but we're going to be picking up chicken, you know, fried mm. chicken or whatever. So, you know, it's important that we keep that cultural capital. You know, we got to keep, you know, our people in line and in order so we're not, you know, going all over the place of so these people bleeding into this neighborhood now it's causing these type of problems mm-hmm. so just like you bring them in bring us in too mm-hmm. I, I like the way you said that cultural capital you know what i'm saying yeah, you know you always gotta bro you gotta put it a certain way for them to, oh well yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay okay man so 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 you took your your run at um uh, all the men i see you aligned with uh brandon johnson man you came in and you spoke about a youth council mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying uh if you could expand on that yeah and so uh you know i was really uh excited you know when um the alderman reached out and did agree to um you know formulate a youth council for the ward or something you know a youth organization for the ward mm-hmm. um and you know that that really delighted me because you know i can't say when i was first running my campaign that i you know we had the same relationship and so to be able to build that relationship, you know, I really appreciate that he has uh, opened his doors and, you know, given me some, uh, uh, you know, all the resources necessary and time to be able to create something. And so, um, you know, what we're working on currently is Prime 29. And as I said, Prime stands for Preparing Real Individuals to Master Entrepreneurship. Um, during my campaign, you know, I mostly ran on the importance of economics, being an entrepreneur. And so right now, um, you know, it's it's a lot, honestly, to start an organization. You got to look at, do I want to start a nonprofit? Do I want to start a for-profit? You know, oh, well, I got to file certain paperwork. Oh, well, I'm also working a full-time job. And, you know, he's the alderman. You know, he has stuff on his schedule. And, you know, we got to find time to meet and work on this at the same time. So uh, it's been, you know, it's definitely been an experience putting it together. But I am excited to say, you know, we're going to roll something out here soon. And I'm pretty confident in, uh, in what the community has told me that they want mm-hmm. and, uh, and what we're formulating right now. You know, that it's really going to make some impact uh, for the youth in the community. And that's what's up, man, because the community, they ain't they – they out of youth, you know what I'm saying, at, at this mm-hmm. point. You know what I'm saying? Every time I turn the news, it's, it's something else with the youth, you know what I'm saying? And, and let me ask you, let me ask you this. Uh, the Chicago takeovers, I don't know if you're familiar. Mm-hmm. Like with the kids downtown on top of the cars. Oh, yeah. Stuff like that. Do you yeah. feel like it's a solution for that? Do you have a solution for that? You know. I mean, you know. I'm not saying it's your job. I'm just it's just curious. It's an African proverb that say if a child is not embraced by his village, he'll burn it down to feel the warmth. You know, so when you're not, you know, it's just like a kid when you're younger, you know, you understand, oh, them kids that's acting out, oh, it's something going on at home. Oh, he got some or she got something that they that that's going on outside of the classroom. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you see that acting out downtown, oh, you see, oh, it's something going on in their neighborhood. They can't hang out in their neighborhood. So they're going to come down here, Yeah, you know, and they're going to act out for attention, mm-hmm. you know, because that might be the only way that they could get it. I ain't saying that's right. You know, and some of them kids, they might probably probably just coming down there because they bad. And you do have to have a safety uh, component to that. And, you know, if you you got to be responsible for your actions at the end of the day, if you do something that harms another individual. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a real layered, ain't it? Yeah, I, I definitely for sure it's real layered. But I, I had a direct answer from I was watching an interview from like a, a, a drill rapper in Chicago some years ago. Mm-hmm. And they 
one of his friends that got, got killed down while they was downtown. He had got killed. And yeah. The interview was like, man, why y'all go downtown? Like, why y'all go downtown instead of just staying where y'all at? You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? He was like, because downtown is like a different state. It's like a different part of Chicago. You know what I'm saying? I was just mm-hmm. thinking like, he basically saying he ain't shit in his neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? If he yeah. had some in his neighborhood, then you know what I'm saying? They wouldn't go downtown not know how to act because you ain't never been here before. So yeah. It's definitely going to take some hella community investment, man. Mm-hmm. Um. Can can gentrification happen without um, displacing black people, black and brown people? When it's community led, yes. And I think, well, I know that's why the, the Soul City Project is so important because within that mile stretch, you know, you're talking about 65% of ownership of the properties of African-Americans just own it. We're not just bringing businesses to the community because and leasing mm-hmm. the buildings. We're buying the properties we're pushing people to buy the properties own the properties right live in the community so that way when the when the value the land value goes up you own that stuff and you can pass it down through generational wealth right you buy a building and i didn't i'm just now learning this stuff it's like you can buy a building and then that building is worth a certain amount of equity right i bought the building i'm just just for simple numbers a hundred thousand somehow the building has a hundred thousand dollars worth of equity in it which and i can take that hundred thousand out of the building and go and buy a house with it so now i got two properties and then you i you just fix the mortgage or something and you keep paying on the building but it's just so much like mm-hmm. little loopholes and stuff that i didn't know about that i'm like learning about and i want to tell my other you know brothers and sisters so that way what we build in you know i'm not in this to build me up like what do i look like getting to the top and i look down and everybody else you know that's just not the way i operate mm-hmm. um you know so just bringing people up you know a rising boat lifts all tides you know uh or a rising tide lifts all boats and so um so yeah bro owning owning you know that's important okay um are you are you do you see yourself getting back into politics like as you be like i'm, I'm gonna run again i'm gonna i'm gonna do this next time i'm gonna run for this position next time is, is that something you see in your future you know, I I don't know because I didn't even, when I was going to run my campaign, I really didn't even know that I was going to run. I just kind of like acted on it. Mm-hmm. But if I, if in the future, you know, the community sees a need for someone like myself and they say, and they approach me and they say, hey, you know, you would be good for this opportunity. And, you know, my peers think so. And, you know, community leaders think so. Then I would definitely consider it again. You know, it's a lot. Uh, but I think by that time I have matured a lot more, be able to learn a lot more, um, you know, and see the gaps and also, you know, get some more wins in that time, develop as much as I can to where if that opportunity does come around. Hey, I, 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 I should be able to seize it, you know. Um, okay, so you did say you just jumped straight into, into it, man, but um, it, it may be a young brother out here watching this right now who thinking, you know what I'm saying, I want to jump into it. What advice do you have for, for anybody, any young brother who want, may want to be an alderman of their community or might be considered getting into politics? What advice would you have for them? Man, firstly, I would just say, uh, uh, you know, access to technology, you can learn anything you want. I say, bro, go to your Snapchat AI, go to chat GPT and just start typing in, you know, what is uh, politics? what's the three branches of the government you know judicial legislative and executive you know i'm gonna give you all a quick class lesson you know at like the national level 
you know, y'all know the three branches of the government, right? Judicial, that's your judges. Legislators, that's the people that write the laws and make the laws. Executive, that's the people that sign the laws, right? On a national level, that look like your president, that's the executive, right? They, mm -hmm. they sign the laws. Your Congress and your Senate, you know, that's your legislative. They write in the laws, right? The House, the representatives. Your judicial, that's the Supreme Court. You know, they, they're judging the laws. That's on a national level. When you look at it on a state level, you know, your executive uh, branch is the is the uh, is the governor's office, right? Governor J.B. Pritzker in, in, in Illinois. That's your executive. You look at your legislative. That's the Illinois state, you know, Illinois state representatives. You know that uh, that house in the Senate, you know, that's the legislative for the state. Then you look at the judicial for the state. That's the Illinois Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. You know, that's on a so national state. And then I give it to you on a city level. Um, you know, your executive is the mayor, right? Mayor Brandon Johnson, that's the, the mayor's office um, is the executive. Um, the legislative is the city council, right? They come with these different laws and ordinances and proposals. And then your, um, your uh, judicial, that's like the Cook County courts, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so yeah, it's just like learning, relearning stuff like that and being able to apply it on a, uh, like an everyday scale and be able to regurgitate it on an everyday scale so people can like understand it on a level you know mm -hmm. okay okay so <clears throat> um when we talked previously man the goal was kind of like um well the goal was to 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 become alderman you mm -hmm. know what i'm saying now that we're talking here um you got other things going on currently what, what's the goal now what's the what's the mission now what's the top priority uh to corey dooley right now man my top priority is um to be man be a light you know there's so much other stuff going on in the world right now so much negative anytime you if y'all follow me on social media uh community cory uh cory is spelled c-o-r-e-y you know that's on facebook instagram twitter um all of that um you know i mostly put out a positive message i put out a message of love and there's a lot of other stuff going on that i could probably be putting out but i really just choose to focus my energy on love and light and uh really you know i and i said this during my campaign i want the next ottoman you know if, if i'm if guy has in my future to be ottoman and you know I, I accept the position i want the one to become behind me to be younger mm -hmm. you know i want to raise up that next generation and show them you know you can be uh an author right I'm writing my own book. Gonna come out with it soon. Probably have to come back on the podcast to talk about sure, that. Know that you know. I, I want to show kids you can be an author. I want to show kids. I'm I'm getting my degree in architecture right now. I want to show kids you can be an architect. And you know, uh, I ran my race for alderman. Um, and if God has that for me in the future and do that, then I want to show kids how to be an alderman. And at least I'm not saying you got to be these things, but I just want to show you how to if you want to and i want to at least give you the opportunity you can't say that you didn't see this you can't say that you didn't get a chance to take this path mm. i want to just give you the chance and it's up to you to make a decision but i at least want to give you you know the option mm -hmm. you know so okay okay man appreciate you for coming on the show appreciate you for coming back and we're gonna have to yep. come back man because you said you're working on a book man can, can we get a synopsis of, of a book yeah it's called page? uh yeah yeah it's called little shorty love and, uh, you know, basically, it's really kind of like an autobiography, kind of like a journal about my life, you know, who I am, why I do what I do and how and, you know, really causing you to reflect on asking who you are and why do you do what you do type of thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I illustrated it. I do art, you know, too, man. I do a whole bunch. I have to bring you 
I see you got some nice stuff on the wall. Right, man. You, you, you got a lot going on, man. So, yeah, bro. Uh, so, yeah, I not, the art that I did, actually, um, I was out of work for some period of time, like right after the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, I just ended up messing around with Canva and uh, so, found so. that I had a little knack for design, bro. And so I was really spend most days like making art. And then I thought about it. I said, man, if I just put like some of this art with some words, I could probably have like a children's book. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, put that put that together, bro, working on that. And uh, yeah, we'll have to definitely talk more about that. That's what's up. That's yeah. what's up, man. All right, man. Let the people know where they can find you, where they can get in touch with you, where they can work, where they can network. Uh, let them know all that good stuff. Yeah, for sure. Hey, appreciate you, 290 Mo, for having me on the show, man. It's always a blessing, man. Always a pleasure. Uh, like I said, you can follow me uh, on all platforms at Community Corey. Um, you can follow up with the work that I do um, on Facebook uh, or um, Instagram at Triple A B N A. Uh, Chicago. Uh, that's short for the Austin African American Business Networking Association. Uh, hey, you know, just stay involved with what's going on around you, so you know uh, what's going on. Like I said, again, uh, that Instagram handle for Instagram is Community Corey. If you want to follow me on the work side, you can follow AAA BNA Chicago. Visit AAABNA.org. Find out what's going on in Soul City. And uh, hey, stay in touch. All right, man. Appreciate you coming through, man. Keep working, man. I know you got some big things in the works, so y'all expect to see him back with some new stuff. He's going to have a, a book sitting next to him one day. He's going to have yeah. a, a campaign manager sitting <laughs> next to him the next day. You know what I'm saying? Man, so yeah. Make sure y'all stay tuned, man. Enjoy the rest of your day, man. Yeah, for sure. You too, bro. All right, in a minute.